Welcome to the Inspiring Educators Podcast, a space where you can let go, learn, laugh, and be inspired. Let's first begin with introductions of our inspiring educators. Inspiring educators, introduce yourselves. Hey, everybody. It's Lila, educator motivator. My Twitter handle being at Miss Lila Nur at M S L A I L A N U R. I'm currently the CPM Regional Coordinator for LAUSD as well as a sixth year Math for America Master teacher. And I'm currently teaching at an all girls public, a middle and high school. This week, I am grateful for a supportive principal. Um, it's been a lot going on, and without hesitation, without all the information, just knowing who I am as an educator and my work ethic. My principal has been backing me and supporting me 110%. Um, and you don't get that everywhere. And I'm more than grateful because she's been willing to take a lot off my hands and make me feel better about my workload and the things that I'm doing in my classroom. So I am extremely grateful for the supportive principal. Awesome. Hello, hello, hello. Everyone, Coach Jay here, uh, Jadrian Grimes coming to you live and direct from Atlanta, Georgia. My Twitter, Twitter handle, excuse me, is uh, at Jadrian Grimes, that's J-A-D-R-I-E-N-G-R-I-M-E-S. A little bit about me, spent 13 years um, in banking here, working for one of the big five banks here in the country and now transitioning into a career in youth development and education. And I'm also a youth football coach. I, ten, I coach 10-year-old football. Um, what I'm grateful for this week um, is my parents. Um, I'm at a transitional point in my life, and they are my absolute biggest life supporters um, that I have. And I'm just so thankful for them. Um, they're my top cheerleaders. They root for me every day. Um, and they let me know they motivate me in their own way. And I'm just so grateful and thankful for both of my parents. And this is Dr. Christopher J. Childs, the academic rock star. I'm your mathematics specialist. My Twitter handle is at DRKChilds. To this week, I am grateful for colleagues that are supportive, colleagues who get and truly care about students. I've been with some colleagues in the past who were just there to be there, but I'm finally around people who get it and want to make education system better. Awesome. This week, we're talking about the importance of parental involvement. Give you a little bit of background. Parental involvement continues to challenge practitioners engaged in school reform, despite being a required component of many school improvement initiatives, from Title I school-wide programs to federally mandated school improvement plans. The benefits of parental involvement are clear. A growing body of research shows that successful parental involvement improves not only student behavior and attendance, but it also positively impacts student achievement. Yet many schools continue to struggle with defining and measuring meaningful parental involvement, and many don't feel their efforts are successful. Now, as we crevice this conversation, we're going to define parental involvement as being measured by attendance at a general meeting, a parent-teacher conference, or a school or class event, or by volunteering or serving on a committee at school. So that's how we're defining parental involvement. So we're gonna jump right into this topic. Why is it important that parents are involved in their child's education? I'm gonna open it up to these inspiring educators. Oh, loaded actually. 
so relevant to me this week. Um, it's definitely uh, vital for parents to be involved. Oftentimes, our kids need support from a lot of different angles. And so having the support in the classroom um, or on campus, yes, we are with the kids most of the day, um, but they need support from different angles. They need to hear different voices and different perspectives to be well-rounded individuals um, in a general sense in terms of that support, helping them grow into productive members of society um, and make them well-rounded. To kind of add uh, to that sentiment, I mean, I think you're spot on. I mean, wholeheartedly, I think it's a parental responsibility uh, to be involved in your child's life, period. Um, especially with, you know, what's going on day to day with their schoolwork. Um, I remember growing up, uh, I remember K through 12, uh, my mom knew all of my teachers, like not one, not two, but but all of them. So not only did that help, you know, naturally keep me accountable um, from the teacher to student standpoint, but from the parent to student standpoint. Uh, so I just think it's your parental responsibility um, to be involved. You're responsible for that child for at least 18 years um, until they graduate, in my opinion. Um, so it's, it's your parental responsibility to do it. I like how you say it's a parental responsibility. I remember when I was a child growing up and I used to get in trouble and I used mm. to come home with a letter from school saying I got in trouble. Mm. How many of you all listeners remember hearing these words? Don't make me come out to that school. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> now, whether or not they were actually going to come out to the school, you I never do, but I personally did not want to take that chance. No, sir. That my mother was coming to the school, but that also showed me the importance, how important she felt education was and what it really meant to her. Yeah. It, it wasn't a place of clowning. So as Jadrin pointed out, thinking about how do we get these parents involved? So what are some things that parents can do to get involved in their child's education? Oh, man, the list is long. <laughs> um, I know that there are people in our math department who send home uh, small homework activities that allow parents to, you know, get involved with their kids and have discussions. Um, parents can make sure that they're maybe volunteering if they have time, um, keeping in contact with teachers, asking their kids about their day, taking them on educational activities. Um, you know, I mean, the list goes on and on about what you can do. It doesn't have to be formal. It doesn't have to be something that's high level. Uh, a simple, you know, how can you take what you know in math and apply it to something that we're doing? Or, you know, what does it mean to you? Or what's going on in our world today? Let's, I'm going to put a, take it a step back as you were talking about different ways to get parents involved. But schools also need to think about, are they creating a welcoming climate for parents to come think about how many times in school the environment when a parent comes typically if it's a parent teacher conference it's a negative connotation mm -hmm. so thinking about how do we change the climate of schools as you were saying some different ideas lila for for parents to want to come out to the schools are are are, are schools still um from a large majority standpoint still doing open houses like do you all still see that Yes, they, they still have open houses, but again, 
how do you make it warm and welcoming where parents feel that it's valuable to them to come? How many parents want to come to open house and hear a lecture? I understand we want to talk about rules and regulations, but yeah, we don't want to be lectured. So why do we think parents want to be lectured at open houses? (laughs) Absolutely. This is finding a way to creatively, I guess, incorporate, you know, their personalities and, and whatever message they want to get across on that day is how can you creatively couple the two where it's not bland and boring, but you still get your message across. But this parent still gets a great idea of who's going to be teaching my child. At the so, same. so I think you put, you point out a great thing that everybody's going to be engagement. Not yeah. how do we get parents to come, but how do yeah. we engage them in mm-hmm. the, not, not the conversation, but also the process. Absolutely. I, I think you have to, parents want to know about their kids. So instead of just saying, Hey, we're here for you to know about your kids in their specific grades or whether or not there's something that's bad that's happened. Let's talk about all the other amazing things that your kids are doing here in this classroom, in the other classroom, across classrooms. Um, something that I noticed about your child or we noticed about the student body as a whole. I think that unfortunately back to school night and parent teacher conference just has such a bad connotation over the years that it's about talking about the grades, and the bad grades, and we need to do X, Y, and Z. Well, can we also talk about all the other amazing things that are happening with our kids um, that we need to, you know, give them accolades for and celebrate? And, and, I, and I think that can get exhausting. Like, think about that as an educator. Like, you know, if you have 100 students and the parent-teacher conference is up, the cliche thing to do is we're going to talk about, like Lila mentioned, grades, behavior. X, Y, Z, like that kind of like suck, that can suck the energy out of a person just talking about that specific, like what else is going on? Like you said, I mean, the other stuff is important. What leadership characteristics did your child show this week? Or what did they do that was great? Or what are you seeing in this child that could help them get to another level of whatever that may be? So I think you made a good point with that, but it's how do we make it more robust as opposed to we're just coming to talk about grades and behavior. So one of the things I did, I was a third year teacher and our, my assessing administrator challenged us in the first two to three weeks of school, contact every single parent. Mm. Just the first, before behavior issues started, contact every single parent and tell them something good about their child. So I did the proverbial, Hey, here's the paperwork, send it home. I need you to bring it back with your parents' contact information. In the first week, I contacted 75% of the parents. When students found out I was actually contacting their parents, other students brought in the forms like, hey, I gave you the wrong number the first time. Let me give you my parents' real number. (laughs) (laughs) That was funny. That was funny, but but what I did was I called the parent and said, hey, Mrs. Johnson, how are you doing today? My name is Christopher Childs. I'm teaching Algebra 1 for your child. He is a pleasure to have in class. He's been answering questions. Every single time, the phone would drop because they were shocked. A, a teacher called them with good news about their child. B, their child was participatory in school. Wow. That changed the dynamic the entire school year. And then if I had to call Ms. Johnson later, one, the student knew if I said, I'm calling your mom, I'm actually going to call your mom. 
which a lot of times just saying I'm going to call rectify the behavior. But two, when I call Ms. Johnson the next time, she's like, oh, you're that teacher that said something good. So what's going on now? And I would tell them the new behavior, like I would take care of it. And it's mm-hmm. that relationship that I built in those first two weeks. Totally set the tone, man. I like that. Um, I've never heard of that before. That's crazy. Um, but that, I mean, that's a tone setter. I mean, you're building a one-to-one relationship with that parent coming directly from you, which the student thought that it was going to have a negative connotation to it, which in turn, why they gave you the wrong number. But in actuality, you were actually calling with something positive and you totally set the tone. You said the phone dropped almost every time. So now you can talk to that student and say, hey, do I need to call your mom? Just like you talked earlier about if your mom said, do I need to come down to the school? Like, no, absolutely not. Like, I'm going to straighten up and fly right. I, I like that, man. That's, that's awesome. Man, sounds like a lot of work. Lila, <laughs> <laughs> you make a good point because a lot of our listeners are, gonna, are saying the same thing. Yeah. You know, they think it's about 120 phone calls. Yeah. 180. <laughs> so I will say it was a lot of work. But what I did every day after school for, let's say, 90 minutes, I literally called. Each call lasted, let's say, one to two minutes. It was a lot of work. Some days I felt like giving up. I'm like, this is not going to work. But that front-loaded time at the beginning of the school year, that was one of my best years ever with my students and the relationships and then the parent involvement. 180 students, Lila, that's 36 calls a day. See? Okay. <laughs> you can knock that out. If we're talking two minutes. That's 72 call, minutes a call. Uh, 72 minutes, Lila. So yeah. – we no, not, I, I'm not saying this guy gonna be worth it, but listen, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, and that's just something I know. I'm yeah. terrible at phone calls. Like for me, yeah. oh man, that's so. Let's do this. We're gonna challenge you. We're gonna challenge you before the next episode to call five parents. Five. With good news. One, two, three, four, five. Five. So we want our listeners to tweet you. Yes. And check on you throughout the week to see if you contact the five you know, parents. How many you know what's how many your Twitter, Twitter handle? <laughs> so, huh? so Tell them your Twitter handle again. Shout out your Twitter handle one more time. So M-S-L-A-I-L-A-N-U-R. So now I got homework. Mm. Please, let's hold Lila accountable this week. Ladies That's the purpose of this podcast is to inspire you all as listeners, but also for us to inspire each other. Now, as we think about this parental involvement, we talked about getting parents involved. I just want to mention a couple of barriers to successful parental involvement. Karen Salina states, schools often don't engage parents, but it's because they do not think they can. A lot of it is in perception. Teachers perceive that families don't want to be involved when in fact, a lot of families do not know how. And the second point, I personally dealt with this. Parents are sometimes hesitant to become involved in school because they don't have extra time or because they don't speak fluent English. Mm. I worked at a high school when I first started teaching 60% Hispanic. And that was one of the bigger things the parents told me. Either they were not fluent in English or in their home country, parental involvement was not the thing to do so it was also a cultural shift to hey here you can come into the school and be participatory right i i think 
Hmm. I think that the for me, what really kind of settles with me is is the idea that they don't know how to be involved. Because now I'm at a school that has high parental involvement, and I'm not used to it. I, I'll be honest, I'm I'm a little taken aback um, because I'm coming from we got to fight. Like I mean, parents your conference. I got maybe seven kids, you know, seven parents there, and four of them already have great grades so i'm not even seeing you know the parents sometimes that i really want to see or have those those conversations with so it, it's a lot but i will say even with them not necessarily knowing the particular the ins and outs about how to appropriately be involved i think any involvement is going to be good even if it doesn't even if it's not structured appropriately even if it doesn't start off right I think starting that interaction helps everybody involved. It's helping me figure out how to best approach parents and what I need to do to, in order to front load a lot of information that they want. Like we're in a day and age of information, like my principal said, everybody wanna be informed. Everybody wants to know everything that's going on, especially for the younger kids. So I'm now learning how to make sure that my parents are aware of things that are going on before they ask me what's going on you know i i'm in a space now where i'm like you know i'm a little irritated i you know i'm it's just a lot <laughs> I'm, I'm overwhelmed however i am growing from the experience there mm -hmm. are things that i'm learning that i can be doing or that i should be doing that will make my life kids life parents life a lot easier and better i, th I think that's key that you say you're growing mm -hmm. that's the key and i think a lot of our listeners out there we don't want them to come across as thinking this is going to happen overnight but it's going to be a process it's going to take time them working yeah. together yeah yeah, totally agree. I was going to echo that same sentiment. I mean, spot on. You're growing, which means there's progress. It's slow growth. It's slow, but, but it's, it's progress. It's progress. It's progress. It's progress. Ladies and gentlemen, it's grow. It's a process. <laughs> Don't ever forget that it's not. It is. It's Absolutely. a process. So as, yeah. we, as we think about this being a process, let me list a couple benefits to parents of being involved because some parents are listening to this podcast thinking, you know, is it really beneficial? It is a couple benefits. You can interact with your child more. Think about if you're at the school or involved in the school, you can have different conversations with your child based upon what you know is happening in the school. That goes back to Lila's point in regards to that communication piece. They have more information. Also, parents will have a better understanding of the teacher's role in the curriculum. A lot of parents have really no idea of a teacher's role. They, they're, they're stereotyped or from Facebook, teacher's role to babysit, but interacting with the school, you can find a better idea. Also, our parents are more likely to respond to teachers' requests for help at home when they stay appraised of what their child is learning. If you know what's going on as a parent, you have a better opportunity to interact with the teacher and interact with your child. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Spot on. Agreed. I um huh. I yeah. <laughs> I'm just I'm thinking about all the work that's about to come up on me in terms of because you I mean you just said exactly 
but I've, I've been hearing like, hey, if you let them know what's going on, you won't, they'll, they'll better be able to actually interact with their, their, their kids as well as interact with you. I mean, I think parents need to make sure they're starting with knowing their child's schedule. You, you need to know first what classes they in. If you don't know what classes they in, you, we, it's hard to direct a conversation. And the unfortunate thing is that sometimes, even if it's simple, this is everybody, every person on earth probably knows this one. What would you do at school today? Mm, yeah. 70% of the population gonna say nothing. So what do you say <laughs> when, they, when the child says nothing? So let's help our parents out, Lila. Your first you, hand. What, you don't say thing? nothing for, you, you can't possibly take nothing as a response. Because you were at school between the hours of 8.30 and 3.30. And you mean to tell me you ain't do nothing? And that's what comes back to that schedule. What you doing English today? What you doing math today? What you doing in AP um, US history? What you doing AP bio? What did you do in music class? Like, so we can go down the list and maybe that'll spark something where you're like okay finally I have a response like okay in music we learn how to read this you know something um it takes for you to be more informed as well in order for you to be able to pry and continue to ask those questions to get something out of your child so one of your key things is first knowing the, your child's schedule that way you can have specific questions to ask your child when they come home and don't take no for an answer. I'm just reiterating my listen. No for an answer at all. Not. So you all hear that parents do not take no for an answer. Your child did something at school. Mm -hmm. It may be positive. It may have been negative, but don't take no for an answer. I want to I wanna look at best practices for parental involvement in schools. This is for our schools because we have a lot of administrators listening and we need to give them a couple of tips too. We've talked to our parents, we've talked to teachers. Let's talk to some administrators. One of the first things you need to do is create a welcoming school climate. Is your school a place where parents want to be involved? Mm. Two, this goes to Lila's point. Provide families information related to child development and creating supportive learning environments. That's that communication. So not just communicating we have a play, but communicating things that can help them as a parent. And finally, engage families in school planning, leadership, and meaningful volunteer opportunities. Spot on. At the heart, every parent, in my opinion at least, they want to be involved. They just really don't know how and don't, don't see how they play a role. Yeah. Yeah. Any thoughts from my inspiring educator in regards to this topic as we wrap it up? A lot of great points. Parents, be involved. Make it a priority every day to be involved. Um, ask the cliche question. How was your day? What did you learn in school today? Obviously, there was something that you had to take away, uh, whether it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, something that you had to learn. So parents, um, hold your children accountable. Um, hold the educators accountable. And educators do the same with the parents and the students um, because it's integral that we do it because it's integral for our children's growth. Yeah, I know Chris said um, a lot of parents don't get involved because they don't know how. And sometimes as teachers, we don't know how to ask for involvement either. So I think, um, you know, starting the dialogue at some point, parents, a quick email, a phone call, hey, what can I do to best support my child? What can I do to help you? You know, mm. 
that I've been getting that question this year and I've been like, what, you want to help me? <laughs> Again, not used to it, but it, it completely changes my perspective about what I have the ability to do in the space that I'm in and where my resources are. As teachers, we often feel like our resources are limited. And now I'm like, oh man, I got this resource and I got this resource and, and she want to help and he want to help. And it's, it, it opens up my mind to all the, the possibilities of things that we can do in the classroom. As we think about that parental support, I want everybody to think about this old proverb, African proverb. It takes a village to raise a child. The whole community has an essential role to play in the growth and development of its young people. Parents are the most important partner in a child's education as schools can reap large dividends by capitalizing on their support. To be sure, such relationships require a lot of work by both educators and parents. Although success will not come easy, the rewards are too great for a school not to try. Again, as we think about the importance of parental involvement, what I want to do is challenge the listeners. What is one thing you're going to do to increase parental involvement? If you're a parent, how are you gonna increase your parental involvement in your child's school? If you're a school, how are you going to increase parents' parental involvement at the school? If you're an educator, as Lila is going to do this week, make five calls. Yep. What are you <laughs> going to do to increase your involvement or parental involvement within just the students that you serve? As we think about that and meditate that, we're going to leave you with our inspirational moment by the one and only Jadrian Grimes. This inspirational moment is going is designed to inspire our listeners. Jadrian. Awesome. Thanks, Chris. And I, I'll keep it. I'll be brief. Um, I kind of want to park to what you were just talking about, the old African proverb that it takes a village to raise a child. Um, what that simply means is that it takes an entire community of different people interacting with children in order for a child to experience and grow in a safe environment. Back in the day, um, in Africa, what they did was they, everyone looked after everyone's children, families, everybody. Um, doesn't mean that the entire village is responsible for raising your child, but everyone was accountable. But what does that look like um, in society, society today? Parents, teachers, coaches, principals, educators, administrators, secretaries, whatever. We all are jointly responsible. Um, for helping our children get a quality education, regardless of where they are in the country and making sure that they're okay. Um, I started off earlier by saying it's your parental responsibility um, to ask your child what's going on everyday parents. Um, let's make sure we do that. All the parents that are listening, even if you're educators, you know, start asking your child, if you aren't already, how was your day? What did you learn today? Educators, let's hold parents accountable as best we can. Parents, let's hold educators accountable as best we can. But we have to understand that our students are the main thing and this is about them. And we're gonna jointly hold them accountable um, because it takes a village. So I hope there was something said today in this podcast, some nugget that you could have took um, to inspire you next week, um, the month after, the year after. Um, I hope that you got something from it, but it does take a village to raise our children. So let's make sure we come together collectively and make it happen for our children all over the country, all over the world. It takes a village. Lila, final word. Parents, you already have what it takes to be involved. You just got to unlock your key.
Jadron, final word. Let's hold each other accountable. Our kids, our children are awesome. They have so much inside of them, so much purpose. Let's help them get to where they want to get, reach their goals and dreams. Let's make next week a great week. Let's do something different next week. I challenge everybody, try something. Just try it and see how it goes. This has been the Inspiring Educators Podcast. We will see you all next time with a new episode. Thank you all for tuning in. We out. Peace. Cheer. Holla. Cheer. Cheer.